0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Quartet Sound Up podcast once again. I'm Josh Ivanoff. He is Angel Ortega. There is a lot to talk about today, guys, Uh, a lot on the agenda. Obviously, we've got to go to UC 261, UC Vegas 25, a little bit of NFL news, a little bit of boxing as well. Before we get into that, I'll talk to you guys about this amazing sponsor for today, Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. They developed a premium stack in the form of a delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to replace unhealthy candy drinks, coffee, and even nutritional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They designed Rogue Energy for the emerging, professional, and competitive gaming market and continue to have fantastic carryover and success with students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you win 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. His code sound off a checkout for 10% of a your energy needs. Last Saturday night, from the ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena in front of a packed house of 15,269 adoring fans, the UFC returned uh, with an amazing card. Some are calling it one of the greatest cards of all time. In the main event, Kamaru Dean Usman knocking out Jorge Masvidal in the rematch. Obviously. Usman saying that he wanted to go ahead and get that one back. He did not feel good. Uh, in the words of GSB, he was not satisfied with his performance. Um, and um, he he put it on him, man. Uh, just round one, I'd say it was pretty back and forth. I did give it to Usman. Uh, Masvidal has had his success. But, dude, Usman, he just kept on landing that right hand. Eventually, he, he found it in the second round. He didn't just he, – he looked like he was punching through Masvidal. That was one of the hardest right hands I've ever seen creating an insane scene as Moswell only getting stopped for the second time in his career via strikes, like falling on to Usman, like out cold, dude. Um, I mean, what do you think about the main events? And um, what were just your overall takeaways just from the destruction from Kamaru Usman?
1: You know, I, I talked about this way back, dude, when he first started, when he first got introduced to, you know, the camp Trepper Whitman and they started integrating him and kind of the ability and skills he would be able to develop at a certain point. And granted, at the end of the day, you know Trevor Whitman can be there and tell him everything, but he has to put in the work in. And you know I gotta respect him, man because I told you, the skills are gonna develop and they're gonna get better. And that's the one man I fear on that night. And look, man, it's there, it's shown, it's proven. He's leveled up. He's at that point now where it's like, hey, you know, if I'm gonna fight, you know, a striker, I'm gonna take you down. You know, if I'm gonna fight a wrestler, I'm gonna keep you on the feet. He's at that point now where he's capable of doing that, and he's, you know, like he's just a threat everywhere now uh he's still not the you know he's not Wonderboy Thompson Israel Adesanya level you know and and he doesn't have to be right but he just has to be better than the other guy on that night and he was better than Jorge Masvidal on that night man I mean we know he had that power because dude we just see how easy these takedowns are. and and dude there was a moment in there I don't know if you remember, but he like faked a takedown real quick and came back up it was one of the fastest movement mm-hmm. I had ever seen on a t- like on a on a fake takedown dude it was I loved it uh, I, and then the technique he used, and, and even the all man, ended up praising him for it. Uh, it. It's just awesome, man, to see his growth, because honestly, I was never, I shouldn't say, I never enjoyed watching him a lot, I'll be quite honest with you. I never i never gained a lot out of, of watching him. I, I i thought, yeah, good champion, he's doing it, but, you know, on to the next. It's really, the foot
0: stomps, isn't it?
1: Uh, I mean, sure, probably, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. It's a number of things. I mean, I don't know. For me, uh, it, it, you know, I, I like a champ to, 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 to you know be entertaining, be be. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't have to have a, a fan friendly style, but you know, I, I I enjoy a good personality, right? You know, and, it, and it's at the end of the day, it's just, just what I like. And he doesn't have to accommodate for what I want, but it's just stuff that I personally enjoy. And uh, now that he's like I said, he's leveled up, and he he's this version of himself. I I, I gotta respect it, dude. I I, I gotta respect it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you said it best. He, he leveled up. I mean, this is a dude who I mean, he came into the UFC really, really raw. I mean, it's so weird to think about because it, it, it was so long ago at this point that he actually came into the UFC. But I mean, he was, you know, six fights in whenever he got into the ultimate fighter and he just dominated the entire way, slowly getting better, slowly getting better. But even up until I'd say, I mean, what, a year ago, his striking was very, very, bare bones. He was just a dude that had a great gas tank. And really good grappling. I mean, he he hit hard, but he didn't hit often. Um, he kind of just wang a lot of punches. Um, but dude, it, you saw in the Burns fight, he was slowly developing just a, a tremendous jab. He's starting to leverage his shots more. And the Mosbella fight, man. I mean, it was it was the pinnacle. I mean, he he truly showed that he's a dude who, he's not just a grappler. He he truly is showing that he does have the skills to stand with the strikers and knock him out, as well as outgrapple the grapplers, dude. He he is tremendous everywhere that the fight goes and now we're looking at a situation he said i want to get your thoughts on this because this just came out yesterday he said he was to come back again and this is a dude who, who has already fought twice in 2021 he's historically a guy who's not been very active you know one fight in 2020 two fights in 2019 um just historically a dude who's not been active as of late however he wants to come back again for uc 263
1: in june and he wants to fight michael
0: kia so does that fight interest you at all
1: I mean, it's someone he hasn't fought. I mean, it's someone different. And Kiesas is one of those guys who, honestly, I want to see in that position. Uh, you know, I don't want to preview it now. I don't want to get my opinion on it too much deeply. But, I mean, the matchup is interesting. You know, I, I we got to give credit to Kamaru, man, because he, he, he fought Masvidal. Masvidal came in on short notice. He took he still took a fight back in July. And, dude, earlier this year, he fought Kimber Burns in February. He beat Jorge in April. And... uh now we're sitting here, and he's looking at the idea of fighting again. I mean, that's, that's you know, honestly, four really quick fights in a short time for a champ. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that interest you more than a potential um, Coventry rematch would? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's a new face. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it? Fair enough. I feel like we're the only two people on the planet who kind of have that opinion. Because I saw that, um, obviously, uh, Ali Abdelaziz, was, his manager, was having an interview with uh, Brett Okamoto, and basically, he's the one who went ahead and said it, and that Colby doesn't deserve the rematch. And, I mean, I I kind of agree with him. I mean, it's just I, – I, I think um, Kiesa's streak is far more impressive than Colby's. I get why. They're not going to make that fight. I, I would love to see them do it. Um, now, is it possible that Colby has discussions with the UFC and ends up end sliding in Kiesa because there's an issue? Absolutely. Um, just because historically, this is what UFC does, and um, Kobe's has issues with UFC anytime they try to book a fight. There's always money problems, but we'll see. Um, as far as the co main event is concerned, man, Jesus Christ. Whenever Rose Nama is on, um, she's she's one of the greatest fighters, we, I, it's women's fighters we've ever seen in the Octon, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and she defeated communism, knocking out Zhang Weili inside of a minute and 18 seconds at UFC 261. Uh, landing a head kick. Jean came out early. I liked her strategy. She was going for those leg kicks, trying to slow down. Because Rose, I mean, she has gas tank issues normally, but she was trying to chop her down early, and I thought she had a great strategy. No, man. Uh, Jean went in for that leg kick, stepped back. Rose, it, it looked like a question mark kick going upstairs, knocking her down. It looked like she was out before she hit the ground. She woke up on the ground, though. Rose with some not follow-up strikes, and that was it. Rose Namajunas and New once again. What were your thoughts on
1: Rose's uh, performance in the co-main? Dude, I did not see that coming, and it was crazy. The build up from the start of the card to that point was just—it it just kept peaking, and then the way it followed it up with the uh, the Camaro fight was insane. I can give you a credit to Rose, man. She came out there and did it. Uh, you know, I know Wiley will be back. I mean, you got to think about it. Last time Wiley lost, she won 21 straight fights. What's going to happen now that she's reached this level? She's hungry. And, you know, she's had the title it before. You know what I mean? That's a dangerous person, in my opinion. Uh, in this division, Josh, I can see this, this belt being switched up. Uh, I don't see... I can see a lot of competitive fights. A lot of people here who are chasing it. We got Mackenzie Dern. You got Jan mm-hmm. Chan We got Whaley. Honestly, Ioana's still in the mix. You got to give her credit. Carla Esparza is not far off from it. And Tatiana Suarez is going to come back at some point. So mm-hmm. she's undefeated. And you, you got to give her credit. Uh, and, you know, obviously there's always going to be girls who are coming up and uh, hungry and dangerous. Uh, you know, this is not like the flyweight division or the bantamweight division or even the featherweight division that <laughs> for some reason still exists. This is a very competitive women's division. Uh, and I can see this. I can see, you know, not too long from a, not too long from a, now us saying hey and new, you know, uh, very soon. Yeah, man. I
0: mean, whenever it comes to Rose, it seems like whenever she has everything together, she's such a dominant force. But for various reasons, it doesn't seem like she has it together a lot of the time. Or not all the time, I should say. Um, Just out-of-the-cage stuff and sometimes in-the-cage stuff because she, she – uh, you know, after she lost it all, she said she wanted to retire. She took a lot of time off. Um, As far as that goes, man, I, I agree with you. I think Jean Weili will be back. I mean this – it's important to keep this in perspective, dude. She was champion. Defended the belt, in – I mean, she won the belt, defended the belt, and was champ all within the span of less than two years. She came into UC2 in at two twenty seven 27, August 2018. She defended the belt March 2020. Dude, like she was, she was all did all that within the span of two years. She's a tremendous fighter. I'm sure she'll be back. I, I personally like to see they run this fight back. Yeah, um At some point. It, maybe even next because it's important to consider. I think, um, as far as contenders right now, Tatiana's still hurt. Um, and then we're looking at Carlos, ba, Car- Carlos Barza potentially next as well as um, Zhang Zhenan because uh, obviously they're having that fight relatively soon. I think depending on who wins that and how that fight goes, we'll see that person next for Rose. But even then, if they decide to go Zhang next, I'd be cool with it. Um, but then I'm also with Zhang Woyli-Stan. I- I'm straight unabashed, Like unabashed. Like, she's awesome, and I like to see her run that fight back because this fight does have a lot of potential to be just such an awesome fight, and I think we kind of um, – it, it got stopped before we get to see such an amazing fight play out. But that being said, though, amazing performance by Rose, uh, champ once again. And we'll see what happens from Al from here. Uh, but you mentioned the flyweight division um, and that, you know, kind of attenuated that it's not competitive. Still not competitive, not even slightly. Jessica Anraj, former 115 champ. Um, obviously, she did lose the belts in, in dramatic fashion to Zhang a couple of years ago. Uh, and then she lost to Rose. However, she did make her successful flyweight debut back in October 2020 against one of the top fighters in the division, Caitlin Chukagin. That sentence is depressing. Um, but regardless, she did beat Caitlin Chukagian, Uh And she stepped up. A lot of people thought, you know, this is going to be one of um, Valentina Chichenko's biggest challenges. And it seemed on paper that it should be. Betting odds suggested that she was only a 5-1 to favorite um, as compared to a 21-1 to favorite for her last title fight. Ah, uh, but dude, not even competitive. This was a worse beatdown than I'd I'd argue all of her title offenses, because at least, you know, Jessica I hung in there for a round. She it was not she was not getting outclassed. Joanna took off a round or two. Carmouche took off a round, you know. Kayla and not a whole lot happened before the finish. You know what I mean? Jennifer Mai took a round. Yep. Jessica Andrade got beat from pillar to post for all of that fight, dude. Um, just brutalizing her on the ground in the clinch. Getting the knockout TKO excuse me via elbows inside the second round. What were your thoughts of Chedinko's performance?
1: And I mean, where do we go from here, dude? Dude, I think I think she was angry, dude, after her last performance, and people were saying like, oh, you know, it wasn't, you know, she should have finished Jennifer Maya, or it should have been more impressive win, or whatever, right? You know, I don't know if you remember there was some comments like that around that time when that happened. uh, and I think she kind of took that anger out on Jessica, dude, because she caught her in that crucifix, dude, and it was just – it was it was a nightmare for her, and there was nothing she could do about it. Uh, I mean, you and me were both on the train that, like, Valentina had this easily. There was no doubt in her mind that she was going to come out victorious. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I, I
0: had zeroed out. I didn't think it might have been more competitive. I thought Andrade was probably going to go for it. Um. And traditionally, what she does, man. She she's a little monster. She's a little tank. She just kind of walks forward, and she'll take five punches to get two huge ones in. I mean, that's just who she is. But man, um, man, not not now, not not this fight. Chatekko never allowed her to get started. Pure dominance, man. Uh, who? Lauren Murphy next, maybe? I mean, this division is just it's depressing, dude. And it's not even because. It should um, be.
1: She has a fight coming up, hopefully. She wins it for her sake, so she can get that title shot guaranteed. But, man, my man DC out there, say, when they said Laura Murphy was an option laughed. I'm like, man, DC, why are you going to be disrespectful like that?
0: Look, man, Laura Murphy, I'll give her credit, dude. I, I was never that high on her coming off of the Ultimate Fighter. But, dude, she's, she's turned into a little, you know, she's putting on a nice run. Do I think she's going to provide a whole lot? No, but she is scrappy. She's pretty well-rounded. I mean... It could be fun. It, it probably won't be. I'm just going to be completely honest. I don't think it will probably be very competitive. Does she deserve the title shot next? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, just taking a look at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, isn't she fighting Joanne Calderwood next? I believe
1: so. So, no. and, and, and yeah.
0: Calderwood was supposed to fight for the title before she stepped in against Jennifer Maya. So, I think winner that should get a title shot. I'd... I'd I think it'd be more interesting if it's Joan Calderwood. I just think she brings more to the table. But, yeah, she's fighting. It Those two are fighting in a month from now. So when or that gets title shot next? Okay, we'll see that. <clears throat> but As far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, look. we got going to keep going down, man. There's no other way to go ahead and save this, um, hit, like We're living in the weirdest timeline imaginable. I said back... Um, And I've said before, 2016 broke the timeline. Everything that year, just everything since that has been weird. Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman defeated Uriah Hall back in September of 2010. He came into the UFC, went on an amazing run. UFC 162, knocked out on Anderson Silva, and the rematch UFC 168, December of 2013. Anderson Silva broke his leg while Chris Weidman checked a kick. Weidman obviously would go on to have a fantastic career. And then he would meet Uriah Hall in 2021. Uriah Hall was the last person to defeat Anderson Silva, after Weidman was the first to defeat Anderson Silva in the UFC. Chris Weidman proceeded to break his leg on Uriah Hall in the same exact fashion eight years later. Dude, what the fuck? This was just... <laughs> this crazy. was just devastating, dude. I mean, you and I won this fight for Uriah for a long time. We wanted to see Uriah get... And get kind of get his deserved due, man. I mean, this dude has p- been putting in the work for a long time just for the fight to go like that. I mean,
1: I'm, wh- what can you even say about that situation? It's so depressing. It's so saddening because it's, it's just like not the way you want to see someone go out, man. Not at all. Uh, You know, and I talked about like the whole storyline leading into that fight, Josh. And it's crazy that I, I said I said it. I made those comments. And for it to come full circle on that night like that was one of the craziest things as I'm sitting there. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, bro, just like Anderson Silva. I said it out loud to, to, to the group of people I was with. I'm like, dude, just like Silva, that's fucking crazy, dude. And it's insane because he doesn't even realize it happens until he pulls the foot back and tries to step on oh. it, which is the worst part. A lot of people, I remember people were saying, nah, dude, they thought that shit instantly. I'm like, no, you watch that slow-mo replay, dude? Yeah, He's no chilling. He yeah, no idea until he stepped back. And and it was the first strike in the fight, Josh. They hadn't hit each other before that. There was nothing that had gone on before that. There was no exchange, no grappling exchange, no nothing. Uh, That was the first strike of the fight, man. And that is what happened from it. It is so sad. It is so sad. And honestly, Josh, I don't think we're going to see Chris Weidman again. Actually, I don't want to see Chris Weidman again, to be quite frank with you. You know what? I'll go ahead and say this. I don't think we probably should see him
0: in the octagon again. I do think he will. Um, I think Chris Weidman is—he's one of those dudes. I think he's gonna go through rehab, and I think he will come back. I don't necessarily think it's a good idea. I mean, this is a dude that even you know he talked about it before. He said he thought he had four fights in him, you know, four fights left in him before the Uriah fight. Um, But I think he's such a determined dude. He's—he's—he you have to be have an insane mindset to reach the peaks that he has. You know, former NCAA champion, former. UFC champion, you gotta have that insane mindset, dude. Um I I do think he's gonna I think he's gonna come back. Um we'll see what happens if he does. It's for uh, Ryan Man. I don't know, man. I don't know.
1: It's he's attorney thirty seven this year. We know he's gonna be out for another year. He's gonna be thirty eight. Next time we'll see him he might be thirty nine years old, Josh, and we're gonna be seeing a thirty nine year old Chris Wyman with a neck fusion, uh, you know, a brand new brand new leg essentially. Like it's just, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to see that. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's just, uh, it was just hard. It was a heartbreaking situation. Um, but made history, fastest UFC finish, uh, first fight a UFC as a, excuse me, first fight a UFC fighter has ever won without throwing a strike. Uh, which Dana glowingly posted on Instagram about. So, um. Fair enough. Uh, and then, but that was not the only leg injury that happened on the card. Um, and then he the opened over with the main card. Uh, this, this one seemed like it was going to be fun. It was fun for all that it lasted for. Um, he got a TKL win first round, Jimmy Croot He kicked him. It was a very similar situation to Michael Chandler, Brent premise, kicked him in the dead dirt and then nerve in his leg when dead crew just sliding all over the place. Couldn't continue. Uh, but shout-out to man. Getting back in the win column, um, we think it's next for that kid. I mean, he, he's a dude who you and I both picked against. He keeps on being the underdog, and yet he's still here, man. He's still in the top contenders of 205.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm sure they'll give him somebody who's ranked. I mean, he took that fight. On sh- and he, he picked up that fight because originally Jimmy crew was supposed to fight. Was it Misha Serkinov? Yeah. Who was it? I yeah. Believe. Yeah. So I don't know who they're going to give Anthony right now. See the thing is, my issue is that there's a lot of guys I pick. I pick over him in the in the top, probably even ten. Uh, I don't know who they want to match him up against, cause uh, I feel like that title shot's just really far away from him right now, dude. I really do. Like he's a fun guy, he's a good guy, but I just don't know if I can. I don't think I imagine him t- like challenging for the title again anytime soon.
0: See, I don't know, man. Um, just because 205 is pretty empty right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the division. Let me go ahead and get said that, get that straight. I like a lot of dudes in that division, but it's like Rajic is one win away. I, I'd say. I mean, um, and then who Glover's obviously getting the title shot. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Maybe the winner of this fight this weekend, if it's Yuri would be the title shot next, but not Reyes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh um, huh. So it's just it's a very weird situation 205. So we're Uncle Live
1: so. too, dude. He's right Uncle there. Uncle
0: yeah. He, he's the Dark Horse for sure. Yep. But yeah, man. As far as the rest of the card goes, is there any other fights you want to go ahead and point out
1: before we move on to this weekend? Oh man, let me pull up the card. I can't even remember any off the top of my head. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Let's see, was there anything that really impressed me on that night? I mean Brendan Allen, man, coming right back. I think he was he was coming off that loss against uh, was it Sean Strickland? Am I right? Yep. After, yep. after that, uh, K.O. loss against Sean Strickland, got the submission in the first round against Coral Roberson. Good way to do it, man. Get back on track. You'd love to see that.
0: Yeah, man. As far as the rest of the card goes, it was a straight up banger. Um, you guys have always, I mean, if you, if you guys listen to the show, I'm sure you're hardcore UFC fans. Um. You guys watch the prelims. Nobody's there. Nobody is ever there for fight yep. one up until, you know, even prelim, probably ESPN prelims, like fight or two before. You know what I mean fight before two, before the main card starts up. That's when people start coming, which I've always thought is really, really stupid. If you're paying for tickets, you should always go. But whatever. Um, that being said, though, man, fight one, packed house. Um, Arian Ar- carnalosi Ar- Ar- Nalang, I dude, I apologize for both the pronunciations of those names. Straight up banger from the immediate start. Fight after that, straight up banger again. Jeff Molina, olathe's Zone, Jeff Molina, uh defeating quilling Ori. Uh banger of a fight. Fight in the night, by the way. Uh, and just dude, up and down the card. Insane, insane fight. So I like said Brendan Allen got a win, like he said. Um, Randy Brown, dude. Randy Brown is gonna turn into a fucking problem. Let me tell you this right now. Uh, this dude, I've been so impressed with his last couple of fights. Ever since the Nico Price loss, dude. Knockout Brian Barberena, submitted Warly Aves. He's a great dude on the ground. Um, he did lose to Vincent de Luque, uh, but that was a competitive fight for however long it lasted. I mean, it wasn't like he got ran over. And obviously, Vincent de Luque is the dark horse at welterweight right now. Um, I mean, dude's in the top five. Uh, but then he chokes out Alex Oliveira, Cowboy Oliveira, who's a, who's a bad motherfucker in his own right, chokes him out with a one-armed rear naked choke. Absolutely insane, dude. Shout out Randy Brown for getting into the win column. Great fight there. Um, but, dude, now after all that going on, after all the insaneness of this past week, um, just an insane card, you know, packed house, is it a little bit weird now that we're going back to the Apex this Saturday? Um, it, it's, it's really strange now that we've kind of had fans back and all the pay-per-views moving forward. I mean, obviously next month there's going to be fans again, but dude, now going back to the apex, nobody there. Um, we'll preview the fights in a minute. Is that going to be like a little bit jarring for you? Cause I mean, just thinking about it, dude, I'm, I'm significantly less excited for these apex shows moving forward after having fans back again.
1: I don't know, dude. I fuck with the Apex shows. Honestly, I I, I did like the the change up obviously with the pay per views and having the fans there. Because you did, I did feel different, Josh. It really <laughs> did. Yeah, man. I mean, it, as far as that goes, I mean, I like the
0: let me, let me rephrase. I like the Apex shows. I it does feel less big though. I'm glad the pay per is gonna have fans again. Because dude, like for example, like moments like Francis and Ganu. Winning the title that deserved a packed house, you know what I mean? Uh, for a fight this weekend, and especially the card after this, because I mean the card after this is, you know,
1: no offense, but it's it's Michelle Waterson versus Marine Rodriguez. So, um, and the that I for mean, Josh, I'll, I'm I'm really triggered about that card because obviously two two fights fell out of that, but there's also a lot of other fights on that card that could arguably be the main event and come. Well, that's event.
0: exactly it. Not that's trying exact... to be
1: disrespectful, but it's just the truth.
0: I would have I would have taken um. Yeah, Neil. Actually, we'll talk about the. I want to talk to you about the Diego Sanchez situation because you mentioned that fight fell out. Um, yeah. but obviously, Sanhagen Dillashaw fell out. But even then, dude, like Neil Magny is on that card. Jeff Neil is on that car. That's an insane fight right there, dude.
1: I would have taken Cowboy versus Diego as the main event. Well, dude, not even just that. I mean, Diego Ferreira, Gregor Galepsi. Exactly. You know, Diego would be fighting potentially Tony Ferguson if he had beat Neil and he's what? Let me see. One, two, three, four. The fifth fight on the card from the last fight. I don't know why we need to
0: see. And, and here's the thing: is I, I like both Michelle Watson and Maria Rodriguez. Don't don't get it twisted. I like both of them, dude. And especially considering Maria her she, name's she, on she, here I though. Guess, she's coming off of a a great win, but I don't need to see five rounds of that at all. On short notice too. On short notice, it's it's it, it is a mind blowing that of all the fights car, like. There's so many other fights they could have put on there, dude. Like, literally, they, I would have taken Angel Hill and a He-Boss over it. Straight up. Just because at least those two, I know the fight's going to be a lot more fun. Like, it's... <sighs> Watterson, she's coming off of... What is it? She, she did beat Hill last time out, but before that, it was two losses in a row. I mean, Maria Marjor- Marjor- Rodriguez has only won one in a row. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, sh- it's so disappointing. That card blows. But the one this weekend... All right, before we get out of the car this weekend, dude, have you been following this Diego Sanchez situation at all? Gosh, uh, dude, I might get tilted on the show. You might what on the show? I might get tilted on the show. Get tilted on the show because I, I want to talk about it, dude. I've never been more upset about an MMA situation than than the one right
1: now okay, with Diego. I'll, okay, I'll talk a little bit at the start. So a few days ago, I'm, pro- I'm talking with Nate about this, right? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't think this is a good fight for Diego against Cowboy. But at the same time, they're both kind of on the same page as far as how their careers going. And Nate's like, dude, I don't know. I feel like Diego's issues his coach. I'm like, do not fucking call him that. That is not a coach. <laughs> do not call that man a coach. He's not a fucking coach. And I was like, maybe he's the life coach. Actually, no. And then I, made, and then I said, no, actually no, because you're fucking. Now and I said this later on. Now I'm like, because your life coach doesn't want to ruin your life, so yeah. I can't even call him that now. The, the guy's a fucking maniac. I'm, dude. That guy's running a fucking cult. I mean, look, let, let me tell you this. There's nothing wrong with being spiritual and and, no. and it being part of, of no, your nothing. base or whatever you do. But that guy's on some weird shit. There's also some stuff I'm going to bring up off air that I can't say on here. Some rumored shit because I don't want to put anything out there that, you know, No, you no, know, no. I don't I, I don't want to offend anybody or anything like that. And also it's just because, you know, Diego's one of those guys that I really like. And maybe one day we can get him on here and I don't want to say anything to offend him.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to preface everything I'm going to say by saying I love Diego Sanchez as a human. Um, we were going to have him on the show at one point, uh, but then some stuff fell through. Um, and this is right around the time where he linked up with his coach. Yeah, we could have uh, saved him. Yeah, I doubt it. But even,
1: So, uh, dude, yeah. Josh, he would be better off having us in his corner. I think we'd be making better well, absolutely. For choices for him. I
0: mean, absolutely, because guess what? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do shit like – shadow shadow. Remember like when it, you and I have talked before about his crazy comments, like in the corner, he, he doesn't do anything. Like he's just, he's so insane. Um, and not only like if you guys don't know, basically, um, uh, to give some backstory, if you guys, um, have not heard of the situation, which I don't blame you because Diego Sanchez, this is the most he's been talked about in a long time. Um, just because he's not been doing well too lately in the USC, but man, so his coach, this past week, uh, a, a video got released of him. you see, and the competitors will have like these pre-fight meetings. They'll have like kind of interviews to kind of like talk to him about the fight, so on and so forth. With it's a the fighters, yeah, fighter meeting. Uh, and this one, it had Paul Fuller was there because he was competing with the fight. Megan Olevy was there. Angela Hill was there. Um, so, you know, they were working the broadcast. John Annick was there. And uh, D- Diego's coach, coach quote unquote, crashes the meeting and basically starts going off on them. And it's just super unprofessional, just going off. He's done this before. He tried to confront Matt Sarah, which he's lucky Matt Sarah was in a good mood having breakfast, dude. Because if Matt Sarah was like, if he wasn't two bites into a fucking egg sandwich, he would have beat his ass. Um, and he keeps on getting lucky, dude. I mean, and Paul Felder. You you could take the men out of Philly, but you can't take the Philly out of the man. He, he he goes off at one point on him. He's like, Man, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I'm just here to call the fights. I'm not sure who the fuck you're like because Josh Faber is like getting in their like he's just yelling at him. The coach named Joshua Fabi just going at him. He's just yelling at him. Um and for some reason they thought this is a good thing to record. Like, yeah, this is really gonna this is really gonna get him. Um and here's a report that I actually heard. Um, it's from Middle Easy, which is, um, I know a couple dudes on the staff over there, the great dudes, right? A report that I heard is that, and this actually lines up. Diego released a video yesterday where they wanted Diego's medical records from the UFC. And the UFC was like, why are you trying to go back and get all of his medical records? I, if you're, if you're th- if there's something wrong with him, we can't let him fight. Is that what you're trying to, basically from what I heard is that, His coach wanted to get his medical records to find anything he could to basically sue the UFC for letting him fight. And they did this right next to his fight date. And basically they were recording conversations basically trying to fuck with the UFC, to try and sue him basically. Um, And that's just – he is such a scumbag of a person, and I have no problem saying this because like – there's like coaches and the people I disagree with on the show where I've talked about before, like I disagree with something they'll say. He's actually a terrible person. The fact that this dude has not gotten some street justice yet is just insane to me, especially because he lives in a world of fighters. Like this dude's just a terrible person and I it's so depressing to see because Diego he's such he's a legitimately nice guy, he's just naive.
1: He's being um, he's being
0: manipulated. He's he's literally being led by a cult leader, dude. I mean, I mean it is I'm sure this dude's taking Diego for everything he's got to. And that's just it's fucked up. Um, um, and yeah, this is going to be, I mean, he ruined Diego's, this is going to be Diego Sanchez's retirement fight. I mean, him against Cowboy, he campaigned, campaigned for it for a long time. It was going to be his final fight. fight. Yeah. Um, and then he, he fucked it up. I mean, Diego is a legend of the game, a hall of literal hall of famer. He's already been inducted and his, this is the way his career is ending. And it's just heartbreaking because he, he, linked up with the wrong dude. Um, so, yeah, man, that's just depressing. Uh, well, I don't want to talk about it anymore. We'll talk about it off-air. It's a really upsetting situation um, to anybody who's followed Diego Sanchez's career at all. It's just it, – it's fucked up. I mean, we, you and I have had laughs about it on the show because his coach is such a weird guy. But, this but is taking, it was never like, to this extent. It's, it's taken a dark turn. You know what I mean? I mean, I've heard concerning stuff – like, we'll talk about it off-air. But I, I've, I'm have i sure I've heard kind of concerning stuff like you have all, that we'll talk about off-air.
1: Well, I don't know if it's concerning, but just – some interesting comments I heard. I'll put it like that. that okay. That I, just, right. I just don't want to put it out there here because I don't think they're true, and no I don't want to offend anybody. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah. we'll get into the card this weekend. Uh,
0: it's an it's. A, I like this card a lot, honestly. Dude, uh, the c- main card, c-
1: the main card's a fucking banger, dude. I like every single fight on the main card. Dude, Sam here. It's it's an absolute banger of a card. Even the
0: undercard, it, it's got some straight up awesome fights on there. But we'll we'll go ahead and start off, my man. Main event: Dom Reyes, the uncrowned light heavyweight champion, lost his belt to Jan Wowhovich. Yeah, uh, former back champ. In, huh? Former champ. Former champ. Uh, obviously defeated John Jones, UFC 247. Lost lost the belt to Jan in his first defense, UFC 253. Making the return um, against Yuri Prohaska. Former Ryzen champion, this man came in with a boom at UFC 251. His UFC debut, knocking out Vulcan. He's first man to ever knock out Vulcan, dude.
1: Um, that with takes a,
0: Yeah, and and, and I fucked the Vulcan, dude. I, I'm a big fan of Vulcan who's Um, and dude, he put him out cold. Um, and that was it. Was even a, it wasn't even close, really. Um, yeah, dude. Obviously, Dom looking to get back in the win column. This fight's very, very interesting for a lot of reasons, my man. But
1: we're going so to you who do you got in the main event oh dude i got yuri dude this man's paid his dues already before he made it to us he's already paid his dues uh dude Windsor over redeemed nenkov he beat carl brexson dude those guys were some tough king dude. mo king mo Did lose to king mo but you know some freak shit he got it back he got it back though dude this guy when i saw him fight Vulcan, dude i was at the gym funny enough and the build and, I, and i'm like you know, sometimes you can tell when a guy is fucking with someone. Dude, And that fight with Vulcan, I'm like, what is he doing? I'm like, he's just fucking with him. He's just fucking with him. And in the second round, dude, he's just like, yeah, I got it. And he just fucking unleashes on this man, dude. It was some of the most, like, fucked up but badass shit I've seen out of anybody when they knew they could fuck him up so easily, dude. I'm checking. The, I'm taking the check Samurai on this given night, man. Look, I, I really like Dom Reyes, dude. I really fucking do, dude. He's He's such a fun guy. I like his personality. I like his fight style. But, dude, against this man right here, I don't think we would have pulled it out, man. And it breaks my heart, dude, because that's going to be, what, three in a row? But it, Three in a row, yeah. But, dude, that doesn't – you know, and I feel bad for Donald because it doesn't tell his whole story, dude. And he was going through some shit in that last fight. I don't know if you saw that, Josh. He had his uh, – they were doing that series. I forget what it was Embedded? Yeah. And he was kind of talk about that shit he was going through before uh, that uh, Jan Blachowicz fight. And you know, kind of everything leading up to it, because he fought Jones before the pandemic, or before I well, I shouldn't say that, but before we locked down, because obviously, yeah, COVID had already been around at that point, but we were, you know, we we didn't realize, you know, the the magnitude of the situation until a few months later.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it, it sucks to say because I'm a huge fan of Dom. I mean, I've I've made it very well known on the show how frustrated I was with the judging. 247, because I think it's pretty much unanimously agreed, outside of three judges in Texas, that he defeated John Jones. But not only is he not going to get the shine from defeated John Jones, I think he's going to go back for his third straight loss. I'm going to pick Yuri Brohashka, man. I think it's a really bad matchup for Dom. I would not be surprised if he wins. I think there's potential here for a, you know, y'all must have forgot type performance from him. I oh, mean, yeah. That'd be I mean, awesome. That'd be awesome, dude. I mean, people like to really... Um, forget he he has more than just the John the John Jones performance. He knocked out Weidman, made it look super easy. He beat Vulcan. Um, he obviously he dominated OSP he was 20. That was the that was the first real time I looked at him like damn this kid this kid might be for, like future champ. I mean he put it on OSP for three straight rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat the shit out of Jared Canton, so on and so forth. Um, but man I just I think it's Yuri's time, man. I mean he, like you said, dude, that Vulcan fight he was toying with him. Vulcan is a bad dude, one of the hardest-hitting dudes at 205, former title challenger, so on and so forth. It just, he just beat Ratchett. He just knocked out uh, Latifi. He put it on him. He did not even make it look like there was even a challenge. Um, and Yuri's a really big dude, too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Yuri, man. I, I, it's it's going to be sad for me to see uh, Dom Reyes pick up a third straight L, but I think it's going to happen. I'm going to go ahead and take Yuri Prohoshka in the main event. But, dude. You said it before. This entire main card is a banger, but dude, this co-main event is the it, it's it's the real main event. Let's be honest here. Um, Giga Chizadaki taking on Cub Swanson, 14 versus 15 of the featherweight rankings. Winner here probably get the top 10, potentially even top five guy. The old vet coming in. Cub Swanson coming off the entry. He knocked out Daniel Pineda last time out. Beat the hell out of Chrome Gacy before that. Taking on Giga, dude, undefeated in the UFC. Five straight wins just coming off of a knockout win over Jamie Simmons in November. Dude, this fight has so much potential to be fight of the night.
1: Um, I'm very conflicted on it, but who do you got in the co-main? Ah, oh, dude, I'm, I've been going back and forth, but I'm taking Giga, dude. I, I really thought about picking Cub, but I think historically Cub, uh, Cub was always struggling against those taller, longer opponents. Granted, he's also lost to the shorter, you know, kind of more compact guys like Frankie Edgar. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I feel like we'll give him trouble man and Giga got, got some good power good stand up and hopefully you can use that reach well uh you know uh, like you said it has potential for fight of the night uh i wouldn't be surprised if cup comes out here and does his thing right uh hmm. he has a lot of you know rounds in him he's fought a lot he, you know his knowledge is ridiculous i think he he could you know pull it out in a way where he's you know he like i said like my favorite saying one of my favorite sins is he'll out veteran him you know yeah uh Sometimes that's what some guys do, dude. Maybe they're not necessarily at that moment in their peak, you know, health and performance at their highest level. But just because they have that experience and that time, they can beat the guys without having to be at their highest level they of their career.
0: Hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I also went back and forth on this a whole lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Giga. i I've, I've been very I've been I've been on the Giga chain for a long time on this show um but dude i gotta go cub man i, I actually i'm gonna dis- disagree with you for the first time and i feel like
1: i got while to on this show i can't hate uh, dude because i thought about picking cub too yeah or, i think originally my first pick was cub but yeah, it, it's, it's a hard one i think any guy can win on either night and i don't think we have an issue with either guy winning because i think in their next fight they'll put on a great performance for sure man and i don't know man i just i think this is going to be an insane
0: fight um, I'm gonna go ahead and go Cub, man. I mean, you said he kind of struggles against the taller guys. I think it's more of a, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, it, I thought he beat Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos is kind of one of the bigger guys from 145. I thought he beat him. He did technically lose via split, but then you know he knocked the shit out of Charles Oliveira um, a yeah. couple years back, knocked him out cold. I mean, he he's up and down against taller guys, um, but I do think Giga is relatively hittable. Um, he's kind of people. I mean, it's easy to forget considering he's been having a couple good fights in a row. He came into the UFC, and I thought he lost to Brandon Davis. You know, I mean, he, he's had closest fights when he shouldn't have. I mean, Austin Springer put him out, choked him out in his uh, Dana White Contender Series fight. Obviously, he has rebounded very, very nicely. Um, but I feel like we haven't seen him against a guy of Cub Swanson's caliber yet, and I think Cub Swanson is going to out him. I think he's going to go and put up, put on a show. I think it's going to be a very, very fun fight. But I'm going to go and take, I'm gonna take Killer Cub, man. Um, very, very excited for that one, though, just because winner of that, dude. Sky's the limit for, for that dude, for either one, honestly. Because Cub, you know, he won final run for the title. And then if Giga wins, he's finally getting that big win he's been trying to get. But as far as the rest of the card, man, uh, what fights do you kind of want to go ahead and highlight?
1: Uh, I mean, like I said, dude, we could highlight the rest of the main card if we really wanted to. But the one I'm really excited for is uh Sean Strickland, Sean Christoph Joko. Dude. I've, I talked, uh, I think, last week with you off air about I'm a little sad that this fight's happening because... I know that this, the winner of this will be fighting, or should be at least be fighting a ranked opponent. But I like both these guys. Uh, I think that should, dude. That might be a banger too. I think that could be banger of the night as well. Uh, I'm really excited for that matchup, man. I really like Sean Strickland. His campaign return has been nice and fun so far. Uh, he just needs that big win, and this is it. And hopefully, they can give him a good ranked opponent, and he'll get back in the mix, man. Only losses are. Uh, well, was it Camaro, who's been, uh, I think it's Santago, Ponzinibbio, and I can't think who the third one is, too, off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. really, really excited for that. Yeah, man.
0: That's going to be a banger right there. I got a lot of hope for Sean Strickland, man. His last two fights have been some of the mo- He has some of my favorite highlights of the pandemic, honestly. Just beating ass and talking shit, like, in the apex. Just... Absolutely insane, especially the Brendan Allen fight, dude, Um, and Jack Marshman. That one was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, man, shout out Sean Strickland. That's going to be an awesome fight right there. Marab against Cody Stamans could be a lot of fun. Ian Kutelaba coming back against Justin Jacoby should be a lot of fun. Brandon Marcos is back. Luke Sanders, Felipe Corrales. Uh, That's going to be a little underrated banger opening up the card. Um, But then also, dude, I got to go Loma Lucanby. I'm very, very high on this girl. I coming out of Thailand. Uh, against Sam Hughes, I think she's going to run up just a complete dominant performance. You guys should watch that one. Um, she's coming off a win of Virginia Fry, So that one should be – it's going to be a little fun fight just tucked away in the prelims there. But outside of that, man, I mean that's pretty much all we got for MMA talk this week. Unless there's something I'm missing. Um, but, Angel, before we go ahead and uh, talk about some NFL draft, we talk about some boxing, I want to talk to you about uh, sh- just a friend of the show. Uh, Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan that is simple, fun, and easy to play. Used to determine which superstars competing in the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than the contest line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap faced daily fantasy sports games but without the algorithms liners most importantly sharks there are several contests to choose from none of which require hours of research required on competing sites start with a simple two for two or go for the highest payouts up to 100 100 times and higher by selecting an eight for eight more or less contest get started now with a 100 percent instant match bonus up to 50 dollars with code courtside that's for new depositors only uh, <laughs> But outside of that, man, um, fun week for MMA, very, very fun week, fun next week as well. But dude, the NFL, man, we, it's been a while since we touched on the NFL and it, it's understandable just because there's not been a whole lot of news. It's been kind of a quiet free agency period, especially compared to last year, dude. But my God, in the span of like 12 hours, we were hitting all of the big news, dude. We can go ahead and start off with the biggest news. And by the biggest news, I mean the meme news, um, I'm sitting there at work, man. I'm I'm just doing my job, doing banking shit, as the industry insiders say. Um, whenever <laughs> I find out Tim Tebow, I look. I, I got the tweet on my phone, right? I, I I got I got the tweet. I I'm like it popped up on my screen. It's like Tim Tebow gets tryout with Jags. I'm like, oh, that's that's strange, because not only has he been out of the league since 2015, and then I click on it, he's trying out as a tight end. This is this is my headliner. This is my this is my biggest weird sports um, story of the year so far. It's the leading contender. So potential um, future tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tim Tebow, still has not been signed yet. However, they said they are considering it. Worth noting, the head coach of the Jags is his former college head coach, Urban Meyer, for the University of Florida. Um, but dude, that's that was the fun news of the day. I thought that was hilarious. But then an hour or two later, Aaron Rodgers. Reigning MVP, for my money, one of the most talented quarterbacks, arguably the GOAT, honestly. In terms of pure ability, he doesn't have the accolades, but pure ability, I'd say. Arguably the GOAT. Um, three-time MVP, former Super Bowl champ, nine-time Pro Bowler, three-time uh, passer rating of the year, three-time All-Pros, uh, second-team All-Pro multiple times, and of all decade team, so on and so on and so on and so on. He says he's not coming to the back to the Packers. Obviously the Packers and him have had a rift since rather than you know they were they were right there for making the super bowl last year um excuse me the year before they actually made the conference title game too uh but they needed one or two more options they decided to draft his replacement and Rodgers was 30 35 36 coming off an amazing season they decided to draft his replacement Jordan Love coming to next season they get inches away from making the super bowl it's so weird to think about man cuz we they were one play call away, two play calls away from making the Super Bowl over the Bucks, dude. That's just an insane thing to think about because we all forget it considering how how the Bucks ended up winning the Super Bowl in such a dominant fashion. Packers were right there, man. Uh, and, you know, they've done nothing really in free agency. Uh, the draft, not going. They didn't really make any big moves in the draft over these last two days either. And he said that he's out, man. He's told teammates he's not coming back. He told free agency. He told um, GM he's not coming back. And, Angel, I'm not sure if you heard this part of the news. I may be breaking this to you. Have you heard his number one trade destination? Uh,
1: I heard of some – is it Denver? It is Denver. Holy shit. I'm on it, Josh. I'm on it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we may be looking
0: at Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers twice a year. How does that make you feel?
1: Fuck it, man. You know, it just, it just goes <laughs> to show, man, you know, whatever happens. It doesn't matter what kind of challenge the great king Patrick Mahomes has, dude. We see what he's done you know uh lamar jackson's his son uh you know aaron rodgers is about to be his second child here real soon oh god
0: oh god dude yeah man. it really
1: is dude i i, I do josh i i we talk we def- you know we 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 live you know in kc right we defend patrick mahomes because he's but the guy gets a fuck ton of unwanted hate for being kind of like i'd say i don't know i don't know why the, you say it all like like he's never been in any sort of controversy in the short time he's been in the league He's a really nice guy. He's done a lot for the community here. And the guy's fucking good at football. He's,
0: I mean, he's historically off to literally the greatest start of any quarterback ever.
1: But but he, he's being made fun of, being called a fraud, being told that, you know, his it's, it's his team that's around him. It's like, dude, it's not his fault he was put in a good situation. And on top of that, he's also a good player. You know what I mean? Nah, dude, he's, he's let's go
0: ahead and remember something real quickly here. We had another Pro Bowl quarterback in Alex Smith, dude. And literally the same supporting cast, and we couldn't get past the divisional round. Mm. And Alex Smith is literally a multi-time Pro Bowler, first, former first overall pick, so on and so forth. And I love the dude. but It's like there, – there's a reason why the Chiefs are having a lot of success. It's a lot because of Patrick Mahomes. Supporting cast is good too, but it's not like it's perfect. We saw them in the Super Bowl, dude. Like, he has – he has – I, I hate to go this way because I know that, like, I, I think I made this point whenever the Super Bowl happened. But, like, dude, the Bucks have one of the most stacked rosters of all time, but all I heard is how Mahomes is a fraud because he has two good dudes on his team. Mm-hmm. Like, the, we have a good running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but he's not game-breaking. We have Kelsey and Hill who are, you know, arguably the best of their position. But outside of that, offensive line is terrible. No real running game. He does have a good, he has a great head coach, but that, that's about it. I mean, we're not gonna, we're gonna pretend that like the Bucks don't have a fucking all-star team. We're we're just gonna pretend like that. this other teams better talent, whatever, dude. But as for Aaron Rodgers, dude, oh my god, like of course, of course he has to go to Denver, dude. Of course he has to go to Denver. Very strange to me that he does want to go there though, because I don't see. I mean, they're they're a good young team, but they're still multiple pieces away. Like they are, they are very far. It's like. They have a, the head coach Vic Fangio, who I mean, he probably should have been fired this past year. Um, I mean, you you can just look at the team down the line, dude. I mean, they got Hoist Freeman; he's 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 pretty good. Melvin Gordon's pretty good. Um, Jerry Judy has potential. Cortlett Sutton has potential. Like, but that it's not a it's it's far from a complete team. So, and the defense is not. Very great anymore either. I mean, they got Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, but that's kind of it. And they're not they're not from the old days, dude. Like it's it's very strange to me that that's his number one trade destination. But regardless, it is. uh So we could be looking at that. But then Angel, and then later that night we had the NFL draft, complete with three quarterbacks getting drafted in the three first picks. Kyle Pitts coming out of Florida first, the highest drafted tight end of all time, going in number four to the Falcons. Um, obviously the big story of the night was honestly just Justin Fields sliding and sliding and sliding. Everybody thought he might go number two. He ends up going all the way to number 11, going to Chicago bears, which by the way, now have the most expensive quarterback route of all time. They have Andy Dalton who they're paying 10 million a year to sit on the bench. They're paying Nick Foles, 9 million to sit on the bench in third string. And now they have Justin Fields. Um, so yeah, it's fun. Devontae Smith to the Eagles, uh, and so on and so forth, man. A Very, very fun first day for the draft, man. Very very fun first day. So as far as it goes, Angel, is there, is there? I know you've been following. I know you've been. I know you've been keeping an eye on the NFL stuff. You you said it yourself that you kind of you you knew where you, you knew where Rogers was going too. Is was there anything you followed from the draft that kind of you wanted to pick up on
1: or speak about? I mean, we talked about it off air a little bit. We have got to bring it up, man. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, man. Him and his teammate getting drafted in the first round. They're going to Jacksonville together. Obviously, with the situation out there, it's kind of nice that he has someone there that you know he played with in college, and. You know they play on the same side of the ball, and now he has them there. Uh, you know, how do you feel about that, Josh? I know we talked about it off air, but as far as the team chemistry and kind of the like the pieces they already have there, how do you think he'll fold into the mix? And uh, you know, just your thoughts right there.
0: Man, good good for those guys. I've never seen it ever happen. I'm maybe it's happened once throughout history, maybe twice, but two dudes on the same side of the ball going to the going to the same team. In the first round, that that's just absolutely, that's borderline like insane, dude. Um, as for the Jags, they're a very boom bust team. They're going to be really, really interesting to watch, especially first year. I mean, Lawrence coming in from college, obviously his running back also going along with him to a guy that's never coached in the NFL. All the and hun- Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, he's one of the GOAT college coaches, but he never coached, coached in the NFL at all. Yeah. Um, just very, very interesting, dude. Very, very interesting. Um, and now maybe they have Tim Tebow to the roster. So, <laughs> shit, dude. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be interesting for sure. Tim Tebow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude, I just for the meme of it. I really hope he does. I'd be re- I, Like, I really hope he does. Just because this is a dude who he honestly should have done the move years ago to the tight end position, but he was just stubborn and wanted to play QB. So, I mean, we'll see what happens though.
1: And then I didn't ask you this off air, but I, I want to ask you now that we're on air. Out of is there any team that you're kind of like disappointed in that they didn't draft a certain position that they needed the draft and didn't do it at least at the start of the first round? Uh, or someone you could have seen available there? I know you don't keep up with you know every single prospect or everything. You're kind of like, really, first round, and you're lacking this and lacking uh, that? Yeah, I, I got one in my head. I have
0: no idea why Dallas drafted uh, Micah Parsons. He's a linebacker. Um, and yeah, Dallas' defense is terrible. I'll go ahead and give him that. Their, their defense is absolute trash. Absolutely one of the worst in the league. But if I, if I were to go ahead and take a look at that team's biggest issue, it is absolutely the O-line. They're making Ezekiel Elliott, who's arguably the best running back in the league, they're making him look like complete trash. Last year, they were terrible. Obviously, Dak went down because of O-line injuries, and now they're out drafting a linebacker who, to my knowledge, that's not one of their top positional needs. I mean, I know Sean Lee just retired, but still, I mean, that was a very strange pickup to me.
1: That's what's up. That's what's up. And then uh, along with that, who is your favorite pickup out of this? We were like, oh, that's kind of fun. I didn't think about that, but hey. I like it. It fits well and it makes sense. Or you know, you're kind of curious to oh, see what happens there. Devonta Smith, dude. Devonta Smith to the Eagles.
0: Great move. Great, great move, dude. They they don't have a whole lot of wide receiver options. I know DJx just left too. They don't got a whole lot there. Um, not a whole lot on the offensive side of the ball. That we they, they got a good running back room. I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts, but overall pretty meh. So I'm a big fan of that pickup there, right there, dude. I think that's I think that's a great move by them to pick up Devontae. I'm also very – I'm kind of surprised he fell all the way to 10, I'm especially surprised that his teammate uh, Jalen Waddle went over him. Uh, but still, nice pickup by them, dude. Very, very uh, – I think that one's going to be a great move for them.
1: I like it, Josh. I like it. And I'm really excited to talk to you when the season starts about some of these guys. And honestly, watching Trevor Lawrence's first game, I'm really curious about it. Because we talked about it uh, probably like a month ago before the draft happened, how we've been knowing about Herbert Lawrence for a fat-ass minute now.
0: Literally, I mean, he's he was the most – I mean, he, even going into college. I mean, the dude never lost a single game. And Somebody pointed out a, something, uh, an interesting stat on Twitter. Um, if he loses in the NFL in his first – like, for example, whenever he loses his first regular season game, that will be the first time he's ever lost a – regular season game going back to middle school that's some that's some kareem shit dude that is he never lost a s he never lost a regular season game in high school or in college not a single one only in the actually, playoffs or the championship game actually it's not even so kareem shit it is kareem shit <laughs> it is absolutely dude it's it's it is insane that's even a statistic but it, it is dude i mean that is it is that's it fucking crazy that is literally insane and I can't wait to see how he develops, dude, just because I've heard of this kid for so long, so long, so long. I think it's going to be interesting. I think Urban Meyer's system is a good one for him, but I'm not sure if his system will translate over to the NFL. Some dudes, college coaches just don't translate over, but I, if it's worth the risk, I'll go ahead and give him that. Hey, man, we'll see what happens, right? Yeah, man, we'll see what happens. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun to watch that team. But, man, last topic of the day – well, last two topics of the day – uh, we got some heavyweight boxing pay-per-views going down, my man. Um, well, one of them is pay-per-view for only for you know the UK. But nonetheless, we'll start off the one which is happening earlier in the day. Derek Chisaroa taking on Joseph-, Joseph Parker, my man. Uh, obviously, Chisaroa coming off of the loss to USEC. I thought that was a really, really fun fight last year um, happening in the matchroom bubble. And he's taking on Joseph Parker, um, known... <sighs> Actually, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that because I'm not sure if that's confirmed yet. Never mind. Joseph Parker, former champ. Um, obviously, he's won four in a row after he did lose to Joshua, but then got outpointed by Dillian White. Four in a row coming off. His last one in junior FA back in February of this year. Uh, this is for some WBO title. Of course it is. Uh, who, do you, who do you got the edge, uh, edge for in this one? And is this... Uh, more anticipated than the other heavyweight matchup of the day.
1: Uh, I think they're about even, dude. They're both gotta, you know, not not to talk about the other one too much right now, but they're both kind of like, I should say, fights they should win, without a doubt. You know what I mean? Joseph Parker should beat Derrick Chisora, in my opinion, here. Okay. Yeah, I mean,
0: I'll go ahead and say this, um... Well, actually, so obviously next fight up is Ruiz Ariola, which is pay-per-view for us for some. Who, who the fuck put that on pay-per-view? Um, but I'll go ahead and ask this: both of these fights, heavy mm-hmm. favorites in. Obviously, Ruiz has lost 50 pounds. He came in at a slim 255. Man, he looked in great shape. He looks smaller um, than that. Yeah, dude, he he looked great. That's um, lean muscle right there. Exactly, exactly, dude. And obviously, uh, he's a massive favorite. Chris Ariola. I, I like the dude a lot. He's never been in a boring fight, but he's clearly he's 40 now. He he said himself he was going to retire after his last loss. He didn't. Um, obviously, Derek Rose is older now. Taking on Joseph Parker, young, hungry Lion. Which of these two fights, both seemingly appear to be extremely lopsided, gun to your head? Uh, which one do you have more interest in this weekend?
1: Uh, I got Ariola Ruiz. I think maybe like Ariola could come out and like put on a banger, you know, on the night of. Yeah,
0: I. I think I'm also going to go same, dude. I think however long that one goes, it's going to be a lot of fun. Stylistically, Uh, though, that's why. Exactly. Well, I mean, Chris Arreola is just coming off of one of my favorite heavyweight fights ever um, against Adam Kanaki. Literally the most strikes ever thrown in a heavyweight boxing match. Um, They combined for – what's the exact amount, man? It was something – it was like 2,000 or something. It was something insane. Um, Mm Yeah. That that fight was awesome back in 2019. But dude, he's 40 now. He did come in the widest he's ever have. Um, he came in at 228. Both of these dudes coming in at career lows: 255 for Ruiz and then obviously 228 for Ariola. Um, I think this has potential to be really really fun. I don't know
1: why it's on pay per view, but shit, man, it, it seems to be fun at least. But yeah, I mean, there's stories going both into it, right? Obviously, the like you said, Parker, you know, stringing the wins together, trying to get back into that championship position. The, the younger of the top guys right now, he's 29 years old, I'm sure he'll be turning 30 soon if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then Andy dude, New Camp, right, with uh, Eddie Reynoso, uh, they slimmed them down, they're like, I'm, I'm assuming the whole idea is like, hey, your hands are good, you know let's add mobility to that let's make you even quicker let's see what you're capable of we'll see what they did obviously this opponent's kind of like to see where he's at gauge where he's at because this is his first fight with the camp of Eddie reno so and obviously andy's not far from being in a championship position again because uh, he he held he held the world title he is the first mexican heavyweight champ uh he he holds that over and it's, he's the only man to beat anthony joshua at this point in time uh there's no man on this planet who can say that outside of him right now. It's mm-hmm. it's it's an honor. They 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 went you know they fought each other twice and honestly I I want to see the trilogy at some point because uh, we have this new reinvented Andy you know I'm curious to see what happens. And I'll go ahead and say
0: this he, he did get outpointed in the in the second fight. I do think if he was in shape it'd be a lot different. I mean even himself he he weighed in two eighty three for that one. He's like, yeah, I didn't eat for four straight – I didn't eat for four days. I dehydrated. He basically cut weight to get down to 283, like – which is just insane. He's like, yeah. He was like, yeah, I was 305 on fight night, which borderline insane that he was able to go 12 rounds like that. But, yeah, man, he got outpointed point in the second fight. But I still think he's one of the worst matchups for Joshua. I mean, dude, Joshua in the – coming into the clinch, he's one of the worst dudes. Like, you ever watch him try to clinch? It's just like he's it's, – it's pretty bad, and Ruiz is a shorter guy. He's a compact guy, very fast hands, heavy hands. I still think, like, if they had a trilogy with Ruiz in shape, I'd pick Ruiz, honestly. Um,
1: and also, you and me have never been the highest on Joshua, to be honest with you. That's, that's very true. And it's not to disrespect the guy. And I already know, man, if we had some English fans out there, we know the English people who are watching us right now. They fucking hate us, but it's just the truth, bro. It really is. Out of all, there's a lot of guys out there who I think could put up a good performance against Joshua. And Joshua's a great athlete, dude, don't get me wrong. But uh, there's just a lot of guys I could see him losing to. Not a lot yeah, of guys, I, but at, I mean, I, at, I, the, I, at the peak, there's guys I think could beat him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, granted,
0: I, I probably would have picked Wilder over him before the Fury rematch. Now, Fury put a beating on him, so I'm not sure how he'll return. So I don't know if I'd pick him over and him out. He's getting ready, man. You seen the videos? I have seen the videos, and I'm very, very excited for it. Uh, I, I, dude, I want to see. Now, let's let's go ahead and say this real quickly. From what I'm, from what I heard, this this fight was originally supposed to be Ruiz versus um, Luis Ortiz, but then uh, I guess Ruiz's team didn't want it. They wanted more of a, kind of like a just a layup for him to kind of get back into the swing of things. He's had two years off, so on and so forth. So that's why he's fighting Ariola. Um, what I would like to see next is Ruiz fuck the Ortiz thing. I like the Ortiz, but he, he's passed passes best, dude. I don't need to see him find it. We we know what he is at this point. I want to see Ruiz against Deontay Wilder next, dude. I I maybe Wilder gets a can or something. Um, maybe you know just some sort of a layup. Maybe give him Charles Martin or something, the dude. But I I want to see
1: Deont-
0: yeah, I want to see him. I want to see Deontay Wilder versus um. Andy Ruiz next, because that is such a interesting stylistic matchup. I don't know who I'd pick in on that one.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. That's a, that's a good one. I don't know, dude. I'm also, I'd be a big fan of Andy Usyk, dude, because they're both smaller guys, compact. Obviously, the hands are good there. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think that'd be fun uh, at heavyweight.
0: Yeah, I mean that'd be a lot of fun. Overall, though, dude, um, coming out of this weekend there's gonna be a lot of fun. Fight for Andy Ruiz. We'll 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 see if he can uh, if he can get past just Ariola, um every old dude he comes to bang i don't think it, i don't think he has much of a chance but we'll, we'll see we'll see
1: yep
0: yep um but outside of that man is there anything else we to touch on before we go ahead and close out
1: uh not right now i mean there's other fights going on that i don't want to get into too much detail about but dude as, as far as the coming weeks dude i mean we got we got bangers on the way we got bangers many on many bangers dude
0: i mean just it is may 1st dude Within the next month, we're going to see, obviously, Chandler Diaz um, – Chandler Diaz. Michael Chandler and Nate Diaz on UFC 262 not fighting each other. I could have said that a lot better. Uh, um, but, dude, we have that fight going on. We have other title fights going on just in the MMA space. I mean, obviously, yo, Romero got canceled. But uh, we're still going to see <laughs> um, Rumble Johnson's return. We're going to see uh, Sergio Pettis coming back and Bellator, dude. On um, boxing side of things, we're going to go ahead and get Canelo. Billy Joe Saunders is going to be amazing. Um, obviously, Fimo is coming up. The GOAT, Logan Paul, is taking on some scrub Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Devin Haney's just, fighting. Devin Haney's fighting, dude. Um,
1: well, Lenaris. Uh,
0: who else is. Yeah, isn't Javante coming back soon, too? Uh, yeah, maybe. Probably. I believe so. I think he's fighting June 26, maybe. Unless I'm confusing him with somebody else. I don't know. Probably. Let's go uh, with a yes. Anyways, it's it's bangers all around. Bangers all around, my guy. But yeah, man. Um, outside of that though, um, that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Sorry for the late upload. Um, stuff on my end. Uh, but outside of that, if you guys enjoyed, I'm at Josh off on Twitter. He's at 01 at courtside_sound1 on Twitter. And as always, if you guys enjoyed the show, peace and butt grease. Mouse click.